I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design, recorded in the Living Kitchen Studio. Stephen Block is the owner of Inner Gardens. He's an exterior landscape designer, antiques dealer, and practitioner of wabi-sabi. What is wabi-sabi, you may ask? Well, it's the practice of finding the art in imperfection. It's way more than that, actually, but that's a basic explanation. And I'm going to let Stephen explain it further. I, I spent a day with Stephen at the Inner Gardens showroom in Culver City. If you haven't been there and you haven't seen it, it's an oasis, literally and figuratively. You walk in off busy Fairfax or even busier La Cienega, and the world seems to just stand still for a minute as you enter a calm, serene environment surrounded by pottery, foliage, trees, and amazing objects at every turn. It takes a master of landscape to do this, especially as the concrete jungle creeps in around you. Seriously, from one week to the next, in this particular area, you can see a high-rise going up where there are no other high-rises. You can see this neighborhood turning into something else, uh, whereas La Cienega and Fairfax at this particular juncture used to be a one of my best cut-throughs across L.A., not anymore. So as this concrete jungle literally grows around this showroom, you walk in and it is, it is an oasis and it was amazing. And I had an absolute blast talking to Stephen. Um, we talked about a lot and I broke the conversation down into segments so you can hear Block's story uh, directly from him. This is Stephen Block. Convo by Design is presented by Snyder Diamond. You've heard this before. You know why? Because Snyder Diamond has been the presenting sponsor of Convo by Design f- since episode number one. Snyder Diamond is an LA institution because you don't serve the world's most demanding design professionals without providing two things world class customer service and the highest quality kitchen appliances available. This includes the full line of Sub Zero, Wolf, and Cove. Let's talk about wine for a moment. You like wine. I like wine, and so do your clients. So keeping their wine fresh and properly preserved is important. It's important to Sub-Zero as well. Their wine storage units are far more than coolers. They protect against heat, humidity, vibration, and light. Your clients can trust you and you can trust Sub-Zero to keep their wine properly preserved. Pair that with Wolf Outdoor Grills. That might make some folks think you forgot to build a room around this absolutely amazing kitchen. But know this, these outdoor kitchens are built to last and perform so homeowners can own grilling season. And now, Cove dishwashers are built to customize with all your favorite Sub-Zero and Wolf appliances. You've got it all because Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove created a suite of products for just about any kitchen you can imagine. Inside and out. So if you haven't seen what Sub-Zero and Wolf appliances can do, it's time for you to visit any of the three Snyder Diamond Los Angeles area locations. You can also visit the newly designed Sub-Zero Living Kitchen in the Pasadena and Santa Monica showrooms. So how did I get here? Why plants? Why trees? Why flowers? Why landscape? Um, It's a story that starts in 1972 with my first apartment, And in 1972, there was a plant rage in the country. It was little plants, there were macrames, it was was mid-century. It's what we're returned to today. 
So in moving into my first apartment, I bought a rubber plant. I had never had a plant before in my life. In my growing up, I dug holes for my parents and planted palm trees. I had no interest in it. No interest in the holes, no interest in the trees. All I wanted to do was get on my bike and go play baseball. So in 1972, I'm moving into my first apartment. I buy the rubber plant, I carry it in, I break the top off the rubber plant. This is a little crazy story, but this is, this is really important. This is my, why I'm here almost 40 years later. The rubber plant, break, the top breaks off, call my mother, who's a, who was the head of the, gar, head of the garden society. Uh, she says, put the top in a glass of water and then put the plant next to it. And it will root and you'll have, you'll have two plants. I go, I don't know what you're talking about, but fine. I was at University of Florida, which is in Gainesville, Florida, which is very cold. So all winter, the plant sat on the patio. I remember it was 28 degrees and I would continue to look at this plant every once in a while. Spring comes, this is now six months later, spring comes. I, I, I keep looking, by the way, nothing's happening. It's just sitting there. It's not dying, it's not living. And I look and there are little fine roots that are coming into the water. And there's a new leaf unfurling to the top of the rubber plant. And I was struck by lightning. I don't know what happened. I don't know how it happened. I, to this day, don't understand it. But from that moment on, I was smitten by the world of plants. I, within weeks, I ended up with hundreds of creeping Charlies, which was the hanging plant that everybody grew, a very simple plant to actually a plectranthus, hanging, potted, on the balcony. It was covered. Within a year, I moved out of my apartment and moved on to 200 acres outside the city of Gainesville. I was studying journalism, broadcast journalism at the time. Next thing I know, I'm taking, plant, I'm taking courses in agriculture uh, in the horticulture school, and I'm growing everything that you could imagine. Compost piles, everything you can imagine. And I have green hands, and I have no idea how I have green hands. People ask me to this day, how do you know how to do this? I don't know how. I was touched. I was touched by God. I was epiphany. I don't know what it was and what it is, but to this day, I can look across a field and tell you if a tree is healthy, if it's dry, if it's overwatered. I just am one with these living organisms, and it's been the greatest blessing of my life. So now I have this business. I started out, my first little store was at the Gainesville Mall, and it was a kiosk. I may have had one of the first kiosks in the United States, and I had it covered in plants, and I couldn't have been happier. And now it's 40 years later, and here I am. So this is how Stephen got started. More now on his philosophy on design. Important to note that Stephen has a firm understanding of what he's looking for in his own design. I think this makes him a tremendous asset to others who might not be so sure, clients and designers alike. Here's Stephen explaining that philosophy. So my philosophy on design is a really broad, broad question. Um, design, I think everything that I do uh, in my life is permeated by heart and hand. And I don't have a formal design background, but from the landscape world, I do have a formal background in ornamental horticulture, which is the art of growing plants. 
And so a lot of my design is based on form follows function. Since I know where plants want to be, where they'll thrive the most, that directs me, that's the, that gives me the keys to starting a design. I like asymmetry. Um, I like symmetry when it's called for, but I tend to like things a little off balance, which I believe is uh, consistent with my love for wabi-sabi. Uh, if it's too perfect, it doesn't move me. I like to create tension in a garden, and oftentimes tension requires asymmetry to feel something. Um, if there's obviously a, a home has a central door and windows on each side, clearly it's screaming for symmetry. However, that doesn't mean I can't still try to throw it off. And that's a bit of my goal, is sort of throw off the eye and try to get the participant, the viewer, involved in it. So it's not just two trees, two big magnolia trees coming up and flanking it. It's like there's a third one thrown in there and it may be something very different. And how does that affect the person's feeling as they're walking up to the house? Um, design, again, is about love. I mean, I love plants and flowers. Um, and I love interesting and exotic things. So I'm not always looking to do what's expected. I'm actually always looking to do what's unexpected. And that can be a challenge. It's a challenge with clients sometimes because they don't really understand or have the depth of knowledge of the plant material. And plants being a dynamic uh, system, whereas you put them in at 10 feet and they're going to grow to 80 feet, I have to understand where that's going. The client doesn't always understand that. And oftentimes, again, I will look for the imperfection. I will look for the branch that's not supposed to be there. A normal, normal tree doesn't have that branch, but I'm looking at that branch and I'm looking what it, what it will do over the next 20 or 30 years. And so when you drive by a home or a building and you see this really cool tree with this really cool weird branch, like where'd that come from? Somebody actually thought of that when they installed this thing. So I think the design philosophy number one is Form follows function. It comes out of a love for plant material. It comes out of wabi-sabi looking to create tension in all designs and finding the most interesting and unusual plant material that I can find. You're listening to my conversation with Stephen Block from Inner Gardens. Another resource just for you, because I know finding resources is kind of like the life's blood for what you do as a, as a designer, architect, as a creative in the design and architecture space you're always looking for new resources. And this is another one that I've been telling you about for a while. If you haven't checked them out yet, you need to. It's Article. Article is an online-only furniture company inspired by mid-century style and Scandinavian simplicity. As a design trade professional, you're going to absolutely love the style and quality of Article furniture. The best part is that Article has created a trade program specifically for busy designers like you. So check this out. Joining the trade program is absolutely free and there is no minimum 
for you to start receiving trade discounts. None. And your clients will love this and they're going to love the furniture. They're going to love the style. And so are you. What's more, they have exclusive designer pricing that cannot be found for less anywhere else. They offer standard one-year warranty on all article furniture and the shipping. The shipping is flat rate in most cases, if not free, and it's fast. Stock items ship in two weeks or less. They handle special invoicing, tax-exempt purchasing, and the customer services staffed by design trade professionals who are real people who know exactly what you're trying to accomplish, and they have the authority to help you get what you need. <sighs> okay, so what are you waiting for? Here are the details. Go to sign up. Go to Articles Trade Program, cxd.article.com. CXD, as in Convo by Design, cxd.article.com. Sign up. I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll be happy. Thank you. And thank you, Article. Back to my conversation with Stephen Block. It's important to hear from others about their journey because you will most likely hear about stumbling blocks, hitting walls, redirecting, pivoting, and starting over. That is true with most of us, and it is with Stephen as well. Listen as he explains his redirect, philosophical awakening, and uh, even art therapy. So now we know how I got into plants. I didn't get into plants, plants got into me. Uh, they chose me, I did not choose them, and I'm thrilled that they did. It's been a passion uh, for most of my life, and it continues to be. I never get tired of it. I could work 24 hours a day. After delving deeply, deeply into the plant world, I decided to open a small store called The Greenery in, a, in the Gainesville Mall. I bought a van called the Silver Streak, and in those days we had CB radios, and I used to drive to Apopka, Florida. Every, every Wednesday, I did that for four years. And I would load my truck, and I would come back, and I'd unload it, and I'd be sitting in, the, in the, my store the next morning. Um, and we had handles in those days. You'd drive down the street. I was called the Silver Streak. Hey, I got the Silver Streak here, coming at you. It was, in hindsight, it was obviously very funny. But that's how we moved around the world in those days. So, um, then in 1979, I sold it and got into the real estate business. Went to graduate school, got into real estate, never touched a plant again, and then moved to California in 1982. Spent 10 years in real estate, never very happy, never very happily. And I used to be in uh, art therapy, trying to get me out of, out of the real estate business because I couldn't get out on my own. And I always draw myself with a big smile on my face in a greenhouse with the sun over my head. And eventually, after getting very sick uh, at one point, I got out of the business and decided to get back in the plant business. And that was 1989. And I started with a bucket and a pair of scissors. My, my best real estate client owned a large building. And I said, look, I'm out of the real estate business. I want to take care of the plants in your, in your, in your building. I don't know how to price it. I don't know anything. I know I know how to do it, but I don't know how to, just whatever you're paying them, I'll take it. The next day, I was at the bottom of the building in jeans and a t-shirt, pair of scissors and a bucket, watering plants. And I had been in real estate up at the penthouse, and all the lawyers and all the people who knew me so well would see me sitting on the floor, digging around in the plants and wondering what I was doing. And I said, I don't know what I'm doing. I think I made a big mistake getting out of real estate after 10, 15 years. I was not young at the time, but I said, I have to do this. I have to try it. 
and through all my therapy and all my friends who told me, just stick with it, it's where you're supposed to be, the universe sort of opened its arms and said, my son, this is where you're supposed to be. And that was 1989-1990. And I went through a series of a little, a little greenhouse over here, a little store over here. I ended up with a, a store on Melrose Avenue. I ended up with a big showroom on Jefferson. Um, I, one thing that's important is I knew I had to make it, had, I had to distinguish myself from everyone else. So early on I decided that I was going to collect antiques and be able to use interesting one-of-a-kind antiques with interesting one-of-a-kind plant material and that's what I'm still doing 30 years since then and that's what Inner Gardens is today. Nothing has changed and I've been very blessed to have found my passion and I continue to live it. From finding perfection in an imperfect career comes a love for finding art in the imperfections around us. Stephen discusses his love for wabi-sabi and how he applies this philosophy to life and work. I, I love this. I'm trying to do a little bit more of it myself, um, and I, I think you'll like it as well. So the art of wabi-sabi, what is the art of wabi-sabi? I never knew, never had any idea. As with most of my, my life and my world of design, um, the, the, the ideas, the realities come to me before I actually understand what it is I'm doing. Uh, I've been acquiring uh, exotic plants and exotic and strange objects my whole life, never knowing what they were, only to discover later that they were important, they were from extraordinary designers, and um, I just seem to always have an eye for it. Wabi-sabi for me is the art of imperfection. And I really thrive on imperfection in design, in acquiring objects. It means that I want to see the age in an object. I want to see that it was knocked over and that it was cracked or broken or marred or it's got, um, it's got repairs to it that have been done a hundred years ago. If it's too perfect, it doesn't interest me, which has been very sad for me in some ways over my, over my career, because I see other people buying things that are perfect, 18th century terracotta busts that are perfect, that look like they've been in a glass case their entire life. And I know they're, quote, important. They're, they're important. They're more valuable probably than what I'm buying. However, it doesn't move me. It doesn't show its age, it doesn't show its character, it doesn't show its wear, and that's what moves me. Um, I like things that are old and a little bit cruddy, however, executed beautifully. Um, of course, the Japanese have always done that uh, with their minge, which is their folk art. Uh, if they were making a ladle, it would have been made by a master craftsman out of iron and would have been stunningly beautiful. And it may have broken and then been repaired, and that break and that repair actually make it better for me. Um, it, you know, many, many people buy beautiful objects that are clean and crisp and clear, and they don't touch my heart. Uh, Wabi Sabi is also about the hand and the heart seeing the hand, seeing the work 
seeing the hand in the work and seeing the heart in the work. Oftentimes, uh, I might have someone do an arrangement or do some landscape for me, and the client will call and say, you know, I don't see your hand in it. And of course, I'll go and I'll move things around. I will take one just, it can be slight. It can be slight movements. But the hand and the heart go together, and they also go with wabi-sabi, because the material has been affected by the ages, by handling. You know, when someone, get, when someone handles a piece, number one, they get to experience the, the soul of the piece, and possibly it drops and gets broken, and they get this beautiful repair that happens to it. And I actually seek out those objects. It's the same thing in garden design. I want pieces that have character and age and may have fallen over in a nursery and broken, and then over the years there's a lean, there's this depth to it, there's this scar. That's what moves me. And I'm, I, I love that I love that, and yet I struggle sometimes with not being able to love and, 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 and purchase and own perfection. So there you go. Now you know Stephen Block of Inner Gardens. Go meet him uh, and talk to him about Wabi Sabi and let him show you uh, around the Inner Gardens showroom in Culver City or check out the one in Malibu as well. Equally gorgeous. Um, that's a wrap on this episode of Convo by Design. Thank you, Stephen, for the time. Thank you to Snyder Diamond and Sub-Zero Wolf for your continued support. And of course, thank you for listening because if not for you, there would be no Convo by Design. Until next week, keep creating. Convo by Design is proud to be working with Vendome Furniture. Their design culture is the key to their success. It's what pushes them to consistently create new collections that give spaces a new dimension. They create dialogue between environment and form. Vendome pieces can transform the simplest space into one filled with glamour that is both unique and extraordinary. And isn't that what design is all about? Creating atmospheres where you can take hold of life and enjoy it to the fullest. Vendome products are simple and elegant contemporary and exceptionally comfortable. Their crafted modern durable molded resin, glass, and metal designs are unique. They beg to be enjoyed. Have you seen them featured in our videos? Check out our YouTube channel and see this for yourself. You can also find them in their showrooms at the D&D Building in New York, Wynwood in Miami, and the Pacific Design Center here in Los Angeles, or online at vondam.com.